Hello, and welcome back to another episode of the Pipeline Superheroes podcast, hosted as always by Grant Cohen, where we interview the brightest in B2B marketing, sales, investing, founding. Um, today, we have Christy Marchese, a founder and CEO of Kinema, a very different company. I think this will be a really interesting conversation. Uh, tell us about Kinema and why that is your mission. Sure. Uh, hi, thanks. Thanks for having me on. Um, so from the, the consumer side, uh, we make it easy to discover great films in creative places. Uh, and we do that by making distribution suck less for filmmakers and creators out there. Um, my work and my passion's always been in storytelling, but really where storytelling and great stories meet the audience. So my background's been a combination of social media campaigns to running a marketing agency to working at a film production company. Um, and so we created Kinema because we wanted to make it easier for filmmakers with great films to find audiences. Mm -hmm. Awesome. And how would you generally describe the film going community, maybe the movie community or status right now, especially in the light of everything all at once, winning every single award uh, that was two days ago? We're talking on March 14th. Um, so tell me about that and, and how you feel about film. What's the pulse? Yeah, I mean, my, I love movies in general, I love content in general. I watch so much of everything everywhere all at once. I'm really excited <laughs> to see that film sweep. I think part of the reason why the industry was so excited to see that film win was because it kind of broke the mold of what people were believing needed a film to be in order to perform well, meaning it had to be a Marvel. It had to be a pre have a pre-existing audience or awareness, had to be a sequel, had to be IP. And that film was complete creativity. It was like come out of the mind, came out of the minds of the Daniels and really brought to light by um, actors that you have in some cases, like um, uh, Q, I think his name is Kiwe Kwan, um, hadn't been on screen in a while. Michelle Yeoh had been on screen in forever, but had not been like given this, the prominent placement that her talent deserves. So I think it was just a really, really exciting moment for everyone in the industry. There's also a lot of talk about theaters. So like theaters, I don't know why we do this always, but are they dying? Like we, we live in this binary existence where they're living or they're dying. When we just have to understand that they're a really important and healthy part of the ecosystem. If you're going to make a movie for $100 million, you can't financially just stick it on a streamer and expect to make that money back. And so I think it was great to see at the Oscars, the love for theaters, the understanding that the, the role they play in the ecosystem, and by having um, the opportunity to have creative studios like A24, um, partner with artists and give them the freedom to do that, and then commit to giving them a space in a theater like they did for a year long run, you can see what come out of, can come out of it. The movie made way more than they planned. It's really invigorated Hollywood with far more creativity. And it made one of the, the better performing Academy Award shows. I think they're saying that the um, attendance was up 12% or the reviews were up 12%. So I think coming off the Oscars, it's really positive energy right now. And mm -hmm. since we work mostly with independent filmmakers, really invigorating to see, okay, like my weird film um, or my weird filmmaking can progress and eventually get up to the level of being a Hollywood, Hollywood film. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And I think, you know, personally, I love going to the movie theater. Um, before COVID, I was going, I had a uh, movie pass and the AMC pass. I'm probably the reason why movie pass went out of business. I was, you know, a massive loss leader. I was definitely at least a, a sell in a spreadsheet with a big red arrow next to it. Um, <laughs> but I think it's, I think it's a really great experience. And I also just think that, you know, there are like, are sort of trends going against it, right? Like I think like you launched your company in January of 2020. So I'm sure you've had, you know, four different entire life cycles of the business. We can definitely talk about that, how you pivoted. And I'm sure those, those challenges were very unique, but even before, um, even before the 
pandemic started, there was a trend away from people uh, going into movie theaters. There's a couple of things, you know, there's sort of the Moore's law of TVs getting higher quality um, and bigger while getting cheaper. Um, necessarily, people wanted to congregate in those kind of theaters less. Um, there was a difference in like, you know, what is a feature movie? Like, like you mentioned, like Marvel is like those movies are obviously really big popcorn films, but to the maybe to the demise of uh, smaller indie films. Um, so curious how you think about that. And also uh, when you were saying that like the um, demise of theaters like always sort of reported on reminds me of that Mark Twain quote where it's like the reports of my death are greatly exaggerated and movie theaters for whatever reason seem to operate this space in people's mind where like the you know livelihood of them is always like a big conversation point what does it mean um, so really just curious how you think about like you know and how your platform helps people uh, create uh, find new content and like you really capture those in-person experiences. Yeah. I mean, I'm, we've all changed a little bit, right? We're going into the pandemic. We were, I mean, so much content suddenly put online because it wasn't allowed to go into theaters. So there was at least at the beginning, tons of stuff to watch. We all got very used to watching things on our phones and our computers we and our smart TVs, even though we'd already kind of been trending that way. And I, I did too. I like watching things on the big screen, but also not every film is going to get me out to my local theater. Um, and so I think I'm so Part of what we've done is help build a system that does both. So we built a system that helps filmmakers show their film in person um, through what we call a community cinema or non-theatrical exhibition to use a wonky theater term or movie term. And then also virtually through live virtual events and virtual on demand. Um, and part of that is in response to what's been happening. When we launched to your point in January of 2020, we, had, we were not going to be a virtual company at all. We were entirely an in-person based company. I'd spent in, at the time about nine eight or nine years running a company called Picture Motion. And a big part of what we did were set up these community screenings or these premiere events and show films that maybe have a theatrical release, but not to every pocket of the US. And so we'd find those spaces or build partnerships with those screening hosts to host those screenings. And so the, the whole technology was really, how do we make it easy for filmmakers to list their film and make it available and give a really easy tool set for independent exhibitors um, or screening hosts to access that film, deliver it, show it and do their ticket reporting. And it was so, so simple at that time because it was all in person. And then of course, with the pandemic, we pivoted and to your point of having three different versions of the company, yes, that like happened in a sense where the mission was always still the same. Like how do we make distribution suck less? How do we make it easier for filmmakers to access audiences that are often blocked by the current forms of distribution? How do we make it easier for these screening hosts for at the time in-person spaces who maybe don't have a cinema or don't have an independent cinema to access a wider range of great stories from around the world? So mm -hmm. we built the virtual version and we did live streaming and live events for a period of time in the pandemic. I think we might've done somewhere between like 40 and 50 where every Monday and we were building the product and testing it, we called it movie Monday and we do a live screening, which is what most of the platform was. And then a live Q and A afterwards to test out um, some of our tech, like live broadcasting. And I think like I, there was a time where we were getting 500 people to come and that's just wow. like through minimal, minimal marketing. And it was allowing us to figure out what is it like to be that screening host, to get that kind of flywheel going. If we have a great film, we are going to have an event. We're going to build a list over it through this event. And then we're going to come to the next film and market again and start to build that list over and over again, because that's what we started to see happen with our screening hosts. Um, the more films that they showed, the more audience they brought in, the more films we could bring to that audience. And same thing for that for those independent screening hosts. They were looking at how do they build their email list or their deepen their community experience or widen their email list to sell any sort of product to. And films were during the pandemic were allowing them to do that. So mm -hmm. we now have an on-demand version, but again, at the end of the day, we're like, how do we help filmmakers, long-form video creators connect with audiences? Mm -hmm. It's really interesting stuff. And you know, obviously the, the digital pivot 
makes a lot of sense. Like I saw like a very crude version of that when you saw like streaming platforms had movies that would be in theaters for like, you know, 40 bucks or something like that. I think like maybe Tenet was a good example of that. Um, also like you saw movie theaters offer like from, for, for like a, the sake of COVID safety, you can rent out your own movie theater. So you have your pod as it were, you know, this was obviously later into 2020 and 2021, I believe, but still pre-vaccine and necessarily like you could have your movie theater, you're responsible for, you know, whoever's in there. Um, and that kind of changed the model where it's like, I can dictate what I want out of maybe a movie theater and take, you know, uh, advantage of those resources. Um, so interested, like how your platform necessarily works from maybe even like, if I'm a consumer, is this something where I just see like a local theater, whatever, however you describe the settings, oh, they're advertising, they can watch X movie. And I'm sure there's like a lot of value in, you know, maybe older movies that aren't on theatrical releases that necessarily are great on a big screen. Um, or is this something where I'm in the platform and I'm looking for it? Like explain uh, that to me, please. Yeah, absolutely. So yes, right now you could go to kinema.com. So it's spelled like cinema, but with a K at the beginning and click on events and start searching events near you. Um, you can look mm -hmm. for on demand, which means anybody can watch it on their own time. You can look for live. So anybody can watch it, assuming there's no geo blocks on it. Cause that's controlled by the filmmakers. Um, but it attend at that appointment viewing at that appointment date and time. Um, or you can actually look regionally. Is, is there a theater, a quote unquote theater near you that's playing a film? You can also organize your own. So you can start there and say, actually, I'm an influencer in the vegan space. And I actually can go set up my own virtual screening of a film that talks about the issues that I care about. And I can split that box office with the filmmaker. I'm going to promote the film. I'm going to drive people to watch it because this is in line with my values and my audience. And I'm going to have get affiliate fees from it. I will get a cut of the tickets because that's the deal that we work out with filmmakers that screening hosts can partake in a percentage of the ticket sales. So yeah, there's two ways you can go on. You can go find an event or you can organize an event. I say most people find us uh, by being invited to an event for the first time. So it's, and it usually comes from a trusted source. So this is maybe a space where we have, we have a, a very active uh, bar right now that does screenings outside and they do it because they're like, hey, this, this is a slow night. We want to bring people together. We love mm -hmm. movies and we're going to sell beer. And so like you might be on their email list or it's a nonprofit organization that's mission aligned with the film, like the example I gave. Um, we're also seeing more and more education screenings, teachers using it to assign homework. Um, we're seeing uh, anyone interested in fashion, we have a fashion documentary, like, oh, this is an opportunity for me to talk about my business. So there's a few different points in which you can get it come in. Mm -hmm. Really cool. It's like the augment augmentation of film in a lot of different social and business settings. So really interesting stuff. Um, and then, yeah. you know, at our core, we are a growth podcast trying to find out how entrepreneurs are growing their businesses. So I'd love to learn more about your go-to-market, you know, maybe what side of the platform is harder and then what has really worked for you? Like what's like the secret sauce of your growth that you've been able to uncover? Yeah, I'll say, we used to say this all the time at my last company, like the, the best growth mechanic you can have is a good reputation. So at the end yep. of the day, like the, the product's got to work well, <laughs> got to be easy to use and it's got to deliver results. So for us, that's that's where we start at is how, how does the platform work? Um, the second, when it comes to the marketing side, uh, they're kind of two drivers. We are kind of, you can call it a little bit B2B, a little bit marketplace, um, a little bit B2B2C, but we have to have two sides essentially, the filmmakers and the content. So that's the biggest driver for us. Who are the, the filmmakers um, that are really active in their campaigns? A lot, like, I mean, for anyone interested in, or that knows the creator economy, you know that these individual creators 
are business leaders. They're running a company and that company is around the brand that is themselves. And the same is true for filmmakers. They have a film asset at, at the um, center of it. They've raised money for it. Um, they've sold some of their rights and they have to make some of that money back. And they're also building their uh, reputation and awareness to get their next project. So we're looking to the best types of filmmakers for us to work with are the ones that are really actively doing that. They're doing a form of self-distribution or are really involved um, in supporting that film, getting it out there and, and setting the building blocks for the next stage of their career. Second to that are filmmakers um, that have some distribution and we're kind of filling the sand in between. So maybe you do have a theatrical distributor and you'll be in 20 or 200 markets, but you won't be in every market. So we wanna work with you to help your film get to all those spaces virtually and in person where the film isn't getting distributed. We also look for where are their libraries of films? Like we need a high volume of content in order to actively like sustain ourselves as a business. Like you need that scale. So we have amazing partnerships with theatrical distributors, um, Greenwich Entertainment, Magnolia Pictures, uh, cargo, um, film movement, I think we have about 10, 10 distributor deals where they own the rights to the film, um, but they don't active, play an active role in kind of setting, booking these screenings because they're focused on the theatrical. So we partner with them on that. So say that's like the, the content side. And then the flip side is the booking. So who are booking these screenings? And what's nice is I had been building a list in these relationships for almost a decade now. Um, so I come with a lot of these relationships um, and experience on how to work with them. And then the second part is each one of those films knows what their audience is. And so they're often doing that pitching uh, directly to these exhibitors or directly to these affiliates or influencers. And that's what brings them in. And then those influencers, organizations and exhibitors, they then have their audience. So for us, it's have great content, have a high volume of great content, understand how to communicate with those exhibitors and make sure they have the great tech and tool they need. And they will bring in their audience. And that's the kind of flywheel look we look at that all works together. Mm -hmm. Really, really interesting stuff. It sounds like a three-sided platform, but really, really cool. Um, what is something mm -hmm. and try to maybe divorce the COVID from this answer because that might ruin it, okay. but it's January, 2020 <laughs> and you're starting Kinema again. What is, what was the one thing you would tell yourself? The one thing I tell myself, uh, it's a, uh, yeah, it's so funny because you feel like I've been three different people since the, the, <laughs> uh, the pandemic happened. <laughs> I think there's some things that have, have held true. It's my second company and they're very different models. This is a venture backed, you know, primarily tech-based company. The first one was a service agency model where it's entirely cash flow basis. I think some things are, are still true. Like it's a, who you work with matters, hire people smarter than you. Um, your work family mm -hmm. becomes your family. Um, and I think that all still holds true. Um, I don't know if there's anything I would particularly do differently. I will, I'm really happy with everything that we did <laughs> uh, with the information we had. Um, and I think the the thing I've learned in working on more the venture side, especially through all these ups and downs, I mean, we had Silicon Valley Bank issue last weekend. We were fundraising in a pandemic. Um, we've been dealing with crazy valuations and on competition is mm -hmm. to, to tell my future self to be resilient, like be resilient and survive. Like no, keep mission aligned, keep building a good product, keep doing it with a good team and kind of stay focused on that and you can get through it. You know, most entrepreneurs say that when I ask that question, I'm going to be honest. Yeah. <laughs> they say just like, you know, you, it's Survive. really about like not being able to prepare for what happens. So just like keep your, your mental strong and, and stay resilient and don't overreact to things and, you know, really sound advice. And I think that uh, it's definitely something you have to learn the hard way, but um, awesome. Thank you for that. Also, yeah. so you mentioned you, you know, you raised funding. What's next for Kitima? Where do you see yourself? Like, are the product expanding, the company expanding? Like, what's what's on the horizon? Yeah, I, I, I see us as in growth mode right now. I feel like going through the ups and downs of the pandemic, 
We've kind of evened out what our product offering is uh, and how it's working. We've been listening for the last two years too on both sides from the, the exhibitors and the filmmakers to kind of refine what we're offering. And we're really happy with where, where I think this is what people told me would happen when you find product market fit. Like I suddenly is clicking in this place and I think I get it now. Um, so now it's, it's growth. Yeah. It's, it's telling people, telling our story to the filmmakers to get being out there on um, film festival tour, uh, figuring out better online advertising to drive people to us. Um, and then increasing exhibitors. We look at number of filmmakers, number of bookings per film and audience size, and just staying focused on those metrics. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It sounds like product analytics metrics, but in something that everyone can understand, which is like, you know, uh, butts and seats for lack of a, a you know, a more elaborate term of how you fill the seat. Yeah. Great. Um, what yeah. keeps you up at night as an entrepreneur? Oh God, what keeps me up at night? Um, I don't know. Indigestion like from anxiety? Too. Like, you know, I don't know. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> um, I don't know. I think it's always, I, there's a fundraising is always like the, mm -hmm. the thing that keeps you up at night thing. And the things that you just said, actually, the things that you can't predict. And so how do you kind mm -hmm. of stay resilient for it? So, um, and I think that's it. The things that you can't see coming are the things that like, I, am I not, am I prepared enough to be able mm -hmm. to handle whatever that is? So um, mm -hmm. that's, that's probably it. Other than that, I don't know. I highly recommend Zequil. It's great sleep aid. Yeah, there you go. There you go. Um, I'm on the, <laughs> I got upsold on like melatonin gummies from this Instagram ad. It's a whole mess, um, but they taste really oh, good. Oh man. Um, we got to ask you about a movie <laughs> recommendation as per your LinkedIn byline. Oh, that's oh, thanks for thanks for looking at that. I mean, you have to yeah. see everything everywhere all at once if yeah, you haven't already. I actually do think all of the Oscar nominations were fantastic from like a pop culture mm -hmm. perspective. Um, and I did just watch Women Talking yesterday or mm -hmm. two days. I watched it the day of the Oscar. And I actually will give that one my nomination right now, even though mm -hmm. it was nominated for an Oscar because one best adapted screenplay or yeah, adapted it screenplay. Did. Yeah, yeah. And I think it was like it was a it's been the like the butt of a bunch of jokes because no one's heard about it. And there are certain films that just don't get the same um marketing and advertising budget that mm -hmm. others do. And I think it's um I think it's stellar writing, it's stellar performances, mm -hmm. it is mm -hmm. it, 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 it challenges the patriarchy and situations mm -hmm. that women deal with. And I do think it's a film that all people should see. Mm -hmm. I see all of the top, like the big five nominated movies every year. This is like the nerdiest thing I do outside of my nerdy marketing career. And so I see them all okay. and I've done that for like four years straight and it takes a while. Um, but you know, what else am I supposed to do on my weekend? See people. Um, but anyway, yeah. well, I will ask you one yeah. thing. Have you seen our, have you seen RRR? Yes. Unbelievable. Okay, great. Like, like, that's the other one. I'm like most people. It's phenomenal, yeah. right? Yeah, like, I watched I, it on a plane. I've seen it I twice, watching, and that's yeah. like six hours. I yeah. was like, I was actually shocked at how good it was. It was a recommendation from a friend, and I got five minutes in, and I was like, oh, I've never seen a movie like this in my life. Same, exactly the yeah. same. I was glad to see they yeah. won the best song. Yeah, yeah, I, and they did the dance and at the at the show. That was really fun. Um, my movie recommendation, yeah. and I think I'm trying to fit this to the theme of kinema, where it's like kind of putting yeah. on your own. Um, shows or our productions is the last black man in san francisco indie film uh jonathan majors before he was big both physically because he's buff for creed and uh you know is now really famous unbelievable movie without spoiling it there is a scene where they put on a show in uh this house that's like brings the community together and i think that's a great analog for kinema you actually are totally right and i've thought yeah. about that film i saw that a few years ago i think it was at sundance but that is a great recommendation Mm -hmm. And it okay. So now that you've seen it, spoiler alert, not that I've ever had a spoiler alert in this podcast because it's usually about B2B SaaS, but the line <laughs> near the end where he says, You can only hate San Francisco if you love it, that is like 
That's like my favorite line that in is... any movie. Cause it's, if and you're from lived San in San Francisco, Francisco originally, yes, okay. I'm from the Bay area. And like, I don't know, you I like, this is hilarious that I'm talking about this, but like, um, <laughs> there's a lot of like people that don't like the Bay area, like in the archetype of the women that are in that scene that he talks to. And I just thought that was a really profound response. And you can think about that with a lot of things that like you're not allowed to hate it if, unless you love it. That's so true. It's like, I can talk trash about like a friend or family member. You better not talk trash about them. Like that is my yeah. friend or family member. I feel mm-hmm. similar about mm-hmm. New York city too. This is my city. It's the best city in the world. So, but I get to be frustrated about the trash pickup issues. Exactly. Exactly. Not <laughs> if you're, you know, a tourist or whatever it may be. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Well, Christy, Good thank rec. you so much for the time today. Is there anything else you'd like to promote or any other kind of folks you're looking for that you would find in our audience? Um, honestly, no, this is great to, to, I love the topic of this because I think growth strategies are so important. So no, I mean, check us out at kinema.com. If you're a filmmaker or I work with creators will. and are looking to, yeah, figure out a better way to distribute their films, come, come talk yeah. to us. Awesome. Thank you so much.